Welcome to Behave Intelligently, an uncensored exploration of behavior in the workplace, life, and the larger world. I'm your host, Jay Johnson, and thank you for joining this week's edition where we're going to talk about creativity. I'm joined by some behavioral all-stars from Coeus Creative Group, Mark Garrison. How you doing, Mark? Good, you? Good, 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 good. Madison. Hi. And of course, Stephanie Sim. Hello. So where does creativity come from for you? As, as Coeus Creative Group, it's in our name. We like to think that we are pretty creative in some of the different campaigns that we do, the marketing, the training, the talent development, all of those different areas. But I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation about creativity in general. What does it mean to you? So I guess creativity is all about, um, I guess, coming up with original ideas, creativity. I don't, I, it's such a broad term, Jay, it's, that you've given us a task to try and, and narrow that down. What do you think, Mark and Madison? For me, creativity is all about just uniqueness. And that's sort of putting it as simple as I can. Uh, I'm not an artsy person by any means. And so for me, creativity is uh, more based in the strategy space for me and how I can come up with creative solutions or creative strategies to implement something. Now then I have to call upon those more artsy folks to sometimes create that vision uh, or that, that flyer, that mailing, that website, you know, whatever that design piece might be. Um, but when I think creativity in, in the area that I'm in, it's more about being unique and um, creating some kind of response or reaction. See, I'm going to challenge you though, Mark, because I think you do exhibit sort of an artistic creativity. It's just in a different, uh, it's in a different sphere. I've seen some of the creative desserts, cookies, uh, or, or those types of things that you've produced. So I would look at that as like culinary creativity, especially in the baking realm, not necessarily the, the creating dinner, but I also know that you're creative on that aspect as well. I kind of look at that as a little bit artsy. There you go. Letting out all my secrets to the whole world to know, Jay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm talking about it from the, the Coeus Creative Group perspective. Um, okay. We're not Coeus Bakes a lot. It's Coeus Creative Group. So <laughs> trying to keep it in the, the realm of marketing work. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not an art, artist. I'm not a uh, videographer or a photographer type. Um, so in that space, that's more where I'm um, creative in the strategy. Yes, there's other aspects of my life, such as cooking or baking, things like that, that I'm much more creative. And you get a little bit aesthetic in those areas. Yeah, I would. Say. Yeah, for sure. See, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a painter. I try. Uh, I play one sometimes at night. Uh, I try to do painting or I try to do drawing and I show it to no one because I'm not particularly good at it. But I think like my manifestations of aesthetic creativity probably come through gardening and just like my landscaping or something of that nature where it's, you know, I'm planting flowers and I'm thinking about the aesthetics of what it looks like in the spring, in the summer, in the fall. Um, but I try to be 
creative from the artistic side of things. I just, I don't know that I'm actually, I'm much better at seeing somebody else, whatever they've produced, and then being able to play with that a little bit or modify it a little bit. I think that I'm better in that realm. Yeah, I, I think, well, first I'm excited to hear about your little like artistic side hustles, both of you. But I, I think it's important to um, note that creativity isn't reserved for aesthetics or for artists at all. Um, scientists can be creative in inventing something. Uh, like farmers can get creative about how to irrigate their crops. And, you know, it, it's not uh, necessarily about producing something that looks aesthetically pleasing, but it's about trying something new, I think. It's uh, creative problem solving is also within this umbrella that we're talking about. Well, and that's kind of spot on. I mean, one of the one of the skills that has been identified both by LinkedIn and Forbes is that creativity in the workplace is one of the most important skills for people to have as we sort of move forward. So developing your sense of creativity in, in any of these realms tends to have an effect on your creativity in other realms as well. But how do you gauge something like that in a job interview? How do you gauge someone's level of creativity? I've seen some of the different like interview questions that try to address this. Like, hey, if we were to give you this task, this assignment, how would you approach it? Uh, so you're really looking for spontaneous creativity out of somebody or to come up with it, which I think is, you know, if you look at uh, Daniel Kahneman's thinking fast and thinking slow, I think that puts a huge disadvantage to some people that would actually want to like plan that out or think about that response. Um, so maybe those results are skewed, but I've seen interview questions that I guess maybe try to tap into that a little bit. I saw a really interesting um, just TikTok of a girl who she's like, this is a job, this video you're seeing isn't me. It's actually someone who I asked to send instead of a resume. She's like, send me something that you find creative so she sent her this like video of her 21st birthday or something and then like it went wrong it instead of like the champagne bottle like going out the wrong way her sister like threw confetti in her face and she wrote like a whole creative writing piece about like this video okay and I was like that's an interesting way to go about it but definitely unique I think that hits the qualifications that Stephanie and Mark both said but you know, TikTok itself seems to lend itself to sort of creative applications of messaging or creative applications of video and streaming together multiple different uh, pieces of content. I'm not all that familiar with TikTok as we all make fun of me for, but with that being said, it does seem like a very creative platform. I think one of the reasons why it's creative, and I guess we're, I'm segueing us into what breeds creativity here is because um, creators on TikTok and other social media platforms um, share ideas so fluidly and build off of one, one another's ideas. So on, on TikTok, we're seeing a lot of um, kind of template posts where people will um, dance along to the same song and there's like a formula that gets iterated upon or they will, um, they'll use the same images or video content and then caption it differently. And um, I think that that sort of, uh, that sharing is one avenue to spawn your creativity. 
And that's interesting. Do you think with the heavy use of influencers on TikTok, are all of the other people who are mimicking the dance or mimic, mimicking the activity, are they being creative or is the influencer really the source of the great creativity? I think that's a good question. It, something else that you said in there, and, and before I give my thought on that, something else you said in there was almost formulaic. So can creativity be formulaic in so much as how do we design a new innovation? Well, design thinking itself is sort of formulaic approach to creativity. So when we see somebody who has a formula or something like that on TikTok that other people can then brush, rinse, and repeat, does it become creative or is it uh, piracy? Is it uh, you know plagiarism? Is it taking one idea and just, hey, look, I've changed two letters in the sentence and now it's my own, uh, as opposed to it being a truly unique or a truly uh, completely different aspect. I would argue that it is creative and it's creative from both the individual who had launched whatever the initial uh, campaign was, but it's also creative. I find some people taking a concept that exists and then just tweaking it or modifying it in a way that's something different or that brings about a different experience or a different feeling or a different context. I think that that has great creativity to it. Like if we see the innovation of new products, a lot of times it's not starting from scratch. It's taking something that exists, modifying it or tweaking it slightly and making it better. So I would, I would say that I, I think that that secondary or tertiary or however many people that end up following whatever the formula is, is still a level of creativity as long as it's adding something maybe to the conversation or adding something different. I think it's a kind of a case-by-case -case basis because there is a way to build upon others' ideas that is um, contributing something new, but then there is um, there's a way to do that that's just lazy and reductive and, and doesn't insert any new ideas. So it's not like a, uh, a one-stop shop. Like you, It's hard to label without examples, um, but it does go back to the idea that there are no original concepts and there are no original ideas because everything is just a, um, a reinterpretation or a, a new lens on something that someone's already done. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that that's kind of a beautiful thing. Um, but that's just something to think about as we talk about creativity. I was just going to say, I feel like what Mark said is a big issue with cre creativity and the internet in general. general. I think a lot of times because of social media, um, a lot of people will pull things from other people, but there's a fine line between like creativity and plagiarism. Like, it's like, did, I, did this inspire you to do this or did you just straight up take their idea and design or whatever it might be and call it your own? I, I think I love social media. So I'm always like deep into like the feuds of between like influencers and designers and all this stuff and and to stick on the topic of the the tiktok dances and and it's is it if i were to see one of those dances and i want to mimic that in the tiktok and that's not going to happen just quick disclaimer <laughs> it's not something i would normally do so would that be creative for me to do that 
because I'm trying something new, I'm doing something different that's outside of my scope, or am I just trying to mimic it? And maybe it's what's persuading me to do it. Am I doing it to try to get attention or am I doing it to just do something new and different for me? I may not be improving it. Um, and probably my first attempt at doing any of those dances definitely would not be an improvement. Um, but where is that line of creativity and attention gathering, I guess, for me? Because that's what I see a lot when it comes to uh, social media with either TikTok or Facebook or, you know, Instagram. Well, this is really interesting because you're attaching, um, you're attaching creativity to motivation and saying, does your motivation determine whether or not you're being creative? And I would argue that it doesn't because if I make a drawing for the express purpose of selling it and making money, um, that's motivation. Um, that's being creative. And then if I make a drawing for just because I love to draw flowers and want to, I think that's also creative. Um, is that kind of where you were heading with that? I, I, did, I wasn't taking one side or another. I was asking, yeah, kind of asking that question. Is there, does that distinguish is something creative or not? When we look at the behaviors of the individual, is it uh, so kind of what you said, the motivation, are they motivated to do it for attention? Are they motivated or inspired to do it because just something triggered them to want to do it? Um, and that's, I'm trying to look at that from a, a behavioral aspect is, is there a, a distinguishing line for being creative and just seeking attention or monetary benefit or whatever it might be? I think that's an age-old argument. I mean, you hear a lot of different artists that have said, yeah, I do artistic works that are commissioned where I make money off of them, but I hate those. I don't like doing those. I'd prefer to do my own creative inspiration or my own creative pieces and whether people like them or not, it doesn't matter. But then you also, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, there still has to be an element of creativity that's done even in like a commissioned piece. So I'm doing a piece, the motivation is money, uh, I'm being paid for it. You still have to be somewhat creative in order to create something new or to develop something. So I, I, I do find it really interesting on that motivational question though, because when we create something and we're proud of it or we look at it and we've gone through the creative process and somebody comments on it and says, wow, that's a really nice painting. Like the instantaneous neuroscientific effect is dopamine hits the brain. And then we want to do it again. Oh, I want to create something else that somebody else is going to say, that's great. I love that. It's beautiful. And then dopamine hits. And then all of a sudden we start chasing down that dream. And I think that's a huge part of social media and why, like when we put a post out on social media, if you've ever gone back and like, how many people have liked it? Who's looked at this? Did anybody share this? Did Because I was sure that this was the best post of the day, the most creative thing that I could have put out there and nobody liked it or commented or said anything. And then I feel, you know, dejected. My creativity was crushed. Or I, you know, resist that and say, well, they just didn't understand my creativity in this post. You know, so I think that's that's something that is is definitely an argument to be made or tying it to that motivational question. 
Well, let's let's shift a little bit and let me ask this question to all of you. Where does your creativity come from? Like what 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 are you doing that in triggers that inspiration or that thought process? Because for me, it's usually lack of sleep, lots of caffeine, and like quiet time. And quiet time might just be me in the office, no no phone calls, no email interruptions, like no distractions. My quiet time might be the radio on or music playing or a TV going or both of those going, but it's it kind of focuses me, like I'm not paying attention to those sounds. Um, but I find, um, for, for those listening that don't know, I mean, I spent 20 years in the political realm uh, doing political campaigns, campaign strategy. Those late nights, uh, sleep deprived, I came up with some of the best strategies and the best messaging campaigns, the best ideas for uh, mail pieces or advertisements, things like that. I found if I actually had a good night's sleep, I'd sit there at like a at the computer, blank document with a little cursor blinking going, I got nothing. So if I ever have to write a book, I'm probably gonna, gonna just not sleep for a week and just start typing at that point because it'll be the most creative. So where do you guys get that inspiration for creativity or when does it strike? Before I answer, as you were talking, it reminded me of a, a colleague of mine in, in Denmark that has come up with the best community projects over a couple of beers. He's just like, yep, nope, I'm not a creative person. Have a couple of beers. And it's just like, why don't we do this? And everybody's like, wow, that's a really interesting and creative idea. Let's try that. So, um, you know, obviously. And I think that's, it's probably similar to me where the built-in filter turns off. The inhibitions. Yeah. And I can finally just start thinking outside of that box. And so maybe the alcohol the alcohol loosens that up a little bit for him. Ironically enough, personality-wise, I would call him very similar to you, a very logical thinker, a very uh, structured thinker, a very strategic thinker even. Um, and maybe that's what it is, is that you have a lot more hurdles than say somebody would uh, that doesn't, uh, you know, that that is more of the, I guess, less structured thinking or less logical thinking. So yeah, I have an internal battle between my air and earth. <laughs> like my air is like idea and my earth's like, nope, stop. You got to go through all the process to, to review this. Sure. So I could see that. Well, first, Mark, um, that is surprising. Well, it's not surprising when you explain it, but I work the exact opposite. Um, I have to have a good night's sleep to feel like I can fully think straight and have my and, and give my brain the room it needs to be creative. Otherwise, I go straight into survival mode and I don't care about any of my passing creative thoughts. I just like need the basic survival uh, like necessities. So I don't know um, where it comes from. I guess I'm the type of person that, uh, that gets some of those like flash ideas. And then um, the key though is you have to, I have to sit down and write um, write them down. Otherwise, I will totally forget about them. And so it's not about um, setting up the situation to generate that, but it's um, grabbing onto it when it comes. And, uh, and if I do want to kind of uh, extend the creative process, I have to be consuming 
um, other media that I appreciate and and um, and want to imitate, I guess. So um, if I get an idea for a piece of writing and I start and I start and then I like run dry, um, immediately I know, oh, I need to read this author, this author, and like watch this TV show because that's the right, um, that's the right mood or the right track or that's someone I really admire. And if I immerse myself in their work, I will get back on track with my own. So you almost use a a guide or almost a external mentorship approach to it. So help having something in that realm guide you towards whatever your own creative passion is. Is that what I'm hearing? Kind of yes. Like um it's it's a I guess it's an external motivation to be like, look at this uh, artist or writer who is so cool. Oh my gosh, I want to do what they're doing. Let me read their material. Oh, now I see again why I admire them so much. Let me employ like the same like knack for imagery or let me employ the same like um, like attention to sound or um, if it's visual art. Oh, let me try a couple of um, their shapes or their color palettes. And um, it's just like a, a feeding process. So, so it helps keep your creativity focused, maybe? Yes. In a direction that you want to go. Yeah, and it keeps me excited because um, it, uh, it can be easy to um, get bogged down by day-to-day -day tasks and responsibilities. And then um, if I bring my attention to, like, some art or some creative project that I'm really passionate about, it reminds me that that world exists and, um, and maybe it's okay for me to, to sit in it instead of like go to the grocery store. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, that's it. It's a different approach than me, but that's why I was asking because I, I feel that we're all very different people and I figured we'd probably have different approaches and different behaviors that align with our ways of being creative. I have uh, like kind of a follow-up question, which is, does it help or hinder you? Well, you guys can answer Mark's original question, but maybe think about this in addition. Does it help or hinder your creativity to share your process with other people? Um, I was thinking that sometimes it helps me to be creative when I say, I have an idea about this thing and send it to my best friend and then they can cheer you on and help you um, achieve that. Some people have the opposite reaction where they let an idea slip and then the pressure of um, performing like crushes them and they're like, oh, I shouldn't have told people about that. Now they're going to have expectations. I've never, I don't have that experience. Um, if I need to brainstorm ideas or throw stuff out there, uh, that works for me. I mean, there's been times where Jay and I have been on a call throwing out ideas or other colleagues and stuff. So that. And sometimes that, just talking it out, that idea sort of snowballs into something more creative or uh, a different direction. And so sometimes working off the other people um, gets me to be a little more creative too. I'll go back to Mark's original question, but I wanna hear Madison answer it first as a fellow fire. Uh, to the question that you just asked though, Stephanie, I, there's been a number of times that I'm in a car I randomly just pick up the phone, dial it, call Mark and say, what do you think about this? 
I thought about this and this is how this could work and this is what it might look like and this is and so on and so forth. And so for me, I like I've got to get my idea out of my head and bounce it off something. And uh, as Mark would probably tell you and as I think that you all have learned, uh, I have no less than 10 ideas every hour. Nine of them should never see the light of day. One of them might be a good idea, but then I need to learn to prioritize. So Madison, I want to hear your answer. Where does your inspiration come from? Or how could the audience learn from your inspiration? It's not healthy. I would say mine's the same as Mark, like sleep deprived, burning the midnight oil. Like I feel like some of my best work was done on like election nights when we were, when I was a journalist, because we're literally up until like the crack of dawn, like cranking out stories and keeping up the, with the results. I, it's just like, and also I think being in the atmosphere where it's like, everyone's like working hard together and like the middle of the night is like, I just love it. I thrive in that situation. But I think also going to like my inner journalist, I get my most creative under like a really strict deadline. Um, and right up until like the last minute then I'm like, I've got this. It's, I can do it. I have like the most like great idea or like the best headline in those like last few like moments but it's not healthy it's you shouldn't operate like that oh my gosh you're a mad woman <laughs> it's i know i'm very manic it's horrible but it works coffee, for me that's why i'm not in politics anymore <laughs> coffee fueled coffee enraged creativity from madison that's perfect so we also want to hear from you our audience if you want to share with us what your uh, drivers of creativity are, you can email us at podcast at coeuscreativegroup.com and uh, tell us your story. We'd love to hear it. But me, I find that my creativity is a mixture of two things. One, it's, it's almost strictly external, uh, but it's coupled with my memory. And so I'm going to give you a story about this. When I was, I was probably 24, 25 years old, uh, still, you know, just out of the hockey days, still in pretty good shape. And I was with my father out at our cottage and we were pulling a water tank. So we had a well and everything else like that. I'm pulling a water tank out and I'm reaching in there and I'm using all of my muscle to try to lift this thing the forefoot out of this hole and it was heavy. It was, it was super heavy. So the two of us were struggling with this and my dad takes a step back and goes, huh, because I got an idea and he went and he got a pulley out of, he got a pulley out of the shed up top. He had a rope. He brought the truck downstairs and mind you, this thing's on a, a gigantic hill. So he, he says, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to tie this here. We're going to put this pulley here. I'm going to tie the rope to the truck and then I'm going to pull this and it's going to pull this thing right out. And I just looked at him and I was blank. I mean, literally just 100% blank. I had no clue what he was trying to communicate to me or how this was going to work. So I'm like, just tell me task by task, what you want me to do. go put this pole here, go do this, go put this pulley up here, screw this pulley into this place and do this tie this rope to this. Okay. So he walks me through the entire process. I do all the tasks, each individual task. Uh, we go downstairs. He puts the truck into gear. Sure enough. I don't know how he did it, but it just lifts this thing up long enough that I can get my hands and everything around the bottom of it. And boom, we pull the thing out of there. I would have never 
in my life come to that conclusion. I would have never been able to identify that. However, the moment I saw that and I saw how the physics worked and I saw how the mechanics of it worked, I have used that exact same thing to solve a host of different problems in a variety of different contexts, sometimes lifting something, sometimes moving something or anything else. So my creativity is really the application in many cases, the application of something to a wide variety of different events that maybe they haven't been applied to before. But I see it and when I see it, then I can apply it to something else that I've remembered or I see a solution and I say, this worked here this was why it worked. This was the science behind how it worked. Now I can take that and apply it to all of these different contexts where it may not have been applied before, right? Like even in behavioral intelligence, a lot of the behavioral intelligence is looking at the applications of behavior where they worked in one instance or a different instance or some kind of study and then applying that as a generality or applying that as a specificity to a specific area or to a, a problem context. So my inspiration oftentimes, especially from the creative, is seeing something and then learning and, and creatively applying that concept to a wide variety of different areas. So are there, or, or from what we're saying, are there maybe two types of people? There's the creator of creativity and then like the formulatic, uh, creativity type person. So someone who can create something out of thin air and then someone who can apply that item, they can, they can creatively see how a formula will work in various scenarios. I think that's a really compelling way to look at it because I mean, a big part of the reason why I didn't, uh, you know, why I struggled in academia in many cases was because the discussions were around these sort of philosophical, you know, thought experiments. And I was like, okay, well, how do I apply that? Or what can I do to apply that? And I think that that's why I went into consulting from the beginning was because there's a lot of brilliant, brilliant people who are doing studies or doing these different things that are giving us really, really good solutions, really good information, but they don't know how to apply it. I was very creative in taking those informational sessions and then utilizing them or applying them in, a, in an effective way. So I would call myself probably more the formulaic rather than all of a sudden I wake up from a dream and imagine a flying car with, you know, a domed window over the top of it. So I try to, I try to draw things that don't exist, but it always ends up just being some modification of something that I've seen in a past life, even my gardening. I, I see something as I'm walking down the street and I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. What if I did that here and I took that concept and I changed it just a little bit and did that on the side of my yard? So I would say I'm very formulaic. Yeah, I think that maybe rather than, I, I think that is a good way to look at it. Um, maybe rather than two types of people, maybe two approaches, because I think a, a single person could imply, employ both of those techniques depending on the scenario but maybe people do have a preference like you have a behavioral preference maybe you have a creative preference that's an interesting yeah I, that's an interesting way to look at it. i like that yeah i would agree i think some people are just they they are creative in coming up with ideas but they just can't maybe they just can't execute it and other people are creative in that way 
creative in the execution or the application of an idea or concept. Yeah. I think it's deeply personal. I think everyone expresses their creativity in different ways. So let's wrap up. And what can we offer the audience in terms of behavior? How can you, what behaviors could you exhibit or what thoughts would you uh, encourage somebody to sort of tap into their creativity? We know that it's an important skill or an important uh, behavior that helps us to solve problems, that helps us to create new things and to innovate. What would you, as a behavioral expert, what would you encourage people to maybe think about in order to help them improve their creativity? First, I would say is look back and on times where you were you felt you were the most creative and what was that environment or situation like and try to reproduce that see if there's any similarities in those different times that you felt you were creative and try to reproduce those because i think uh, not everybody knows oh this is my environment for creativity so you have to think about each time that you felt you were the most creative See if you can identify what that looked like and reproduce it and put yourself in that environment and see if those creativity juices start flowing. And it sounds like that's pretty consistent with how all of us were talking about our own creativity is Madison found herself most creative in the environment where there was deadlines and a lack of sleep. Stephanie finds herself most creative in the environment where she's focused and utilizing sort of a guide or a pathway of different materials in order to kind of facilitate her creativity and, and us being the same. So that's really interesting. I think that's a great idea. And I'm always a fan of tracking our behaviors, of course. Yeah, I think it just goes into kind of being self-aware of the things that might spark that feeling of creativity or inspiration. Maybe it's, you know, a song, you're in the car and you're like, wow, I feel really motivated to go sit down and knock out 12 pages of content right now, you know? And it's adding that to maybe like a playlist of songs that make me feel inspired or even just by people, people that you surround yourself with. Uh, my tip would be something we didn't super touch on, but um, try not to shoot down your creativity before you've given it a chance. I think a lot of people, um, start the thought process and then say, oh, that's a bad idea, or no, like, I can't do that. And before just um, telling yourself you can't do something, it's worth exploring and you're only gonna get into a creative stride if you let yourself go there. So really taking action when that inspiration hits instead of trying to inhibit it, which I think all of us do. I think there is something to be said about like how Mark was describing his fighting air and earth personalities. The the earth that shuts down, the logical earth that shuts down, the idea generation. And maybe just notice when that's happening and try to, to let the, the idea generation, um, like let it run for a bit longer than you might normally. I do, if I have to, I just, you know, I get my, my assistant called Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> that, that lets the ideas generate a little bit more. There you go, perfect solution. Well, and it's interesting, and it's interesting that you say that, Stephanie, because one of the exercises that we do in like our innovation workshops is droodles. And they're basically little drawings that aren't actually of anything. We show them for 15 seconds and we ask people to write down what they 
believe it could be? What are, what are creative things that you think that this fake draw, you know, this drawing of really nothing, what would you see it as? And inevitably, the first time that we do the exercise, people come up with two or three different things. But then we ask them, I want you to think like a child. A child's not inhibited, inhibited by what can or cannot be. Their imagination, their creativity is not bound by reality or by physics or by being told no or those types of things. And then ask them to do the exact same exercise with a different uh, droodle. And inevitably, people always increase. They, they end up having five or six. But sometimes people get to the point where they can provide 10 or 11 different uh, aspects in the exact same amount of time. So sort of letting go of some of those inhibitions or letting go of some of those and really just getting into that moment. I, I really like that tip. For me, I think my tip is going to be a couple is number one, I, I find a big value in meditation and clearing my brain out, especially if I have a problem that I need to solve or anything else like that, is not focusing on it. Sometimes the answers pop into my brain. So if I'm sitting there and I'm just trying to think through a problem or trying to solve something or trying to come up with a creative idea or whatever, and I am stuck, I just, I take a step back and meditation or even just, you know what, set this aside, stop trying to force it and get out of the situation for a minute. It's, it's almost like if, if somebody's like, hey, what's that song? And then you try to think of the song name for so long and it drives you insane. And then like six hours later, you're driving, you're like, oh, that was what it was. That's kind of one of the things that I've noticed. The more I purposefully try to be creative, the harder creativity ends up coming for me sometimes. Whereas if I just kind of take a step back, take a deep breath, let it go, often I find myself to be a little bit more creative. And then the other thing that I, that, I, that I would advise as a tip is if you have that creative moment, much like, what, uh, much like what was talked about earlier, write it down or get it out. Put it somewhere, get it out on paper because the number of times that I've come up with something, a thought provoking idea and didn't say anything, didn't have anybody to talk to about it, didn't have a chance to write it down, didn't text it to myself, didn't put it in Slack or anything else. And then three hours later going, what was it that I was thinking? What, what? And, and I get so frustrated with myself when that occurs that when you do have that moment of creative inspiration, tap into it, get into it right then and there. And I think that that's something that helps us to maybe even track what made me feel that at that moment. Why well, did, why was I feeling creative in that, you know, long car drive and six hours of staring at, you know, a sea of taillights and traffic and all of a sudden my best idea comes out. I don't know. But I think that those are two that I would like to leave the audience with. And I would say for any of the audience members who, you know, if they get that idea and they're, they don't have the ability to write it down, just do like Jay does call somebody up, even if they don't answer, you leave the whole creative idea on their voicemail. Yep. There's been a few of those that I've gotten. <laughs> hey, it's me. Um, you don't need to call me back. I got this idea. I needed it saved. <laughs> Here it goes. Awesome. You know, and that, and that's fine. Um, Cause that, that, that was a, a way for him to document it. But I would say, you know, I think we just had some really good ideas from focusing on your environment, 
and trying to recreate the best environment for you to uh, identifying those things that inspire you and motivate you to being creative, um, removing any of those factors that inhibit your creativity and allow you to just really um, throw out all those different ideas and thoughts to clearing your mind, stepping back and, and, and writing it down. Uh, I would love to hear from some listeners who did those four or five steps and send us, uh, send us uh, an email podcast at coeuscreativegroup.com and share if that process worked for you. Yeah. We want to know how you bake, not just, you know, how we bake. But I want to say thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Behave Intelligent. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Let us know what you think about the episode and email us, as Mark said, at podcast at coescreativegroup.com. If you want to learn more about Coeus Creative Group, visit our website or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Tune in next time when we talk more about Behaving Intelligent.